my personal belief is everybody will have storms. You know, Peter and, and, and the rest in the ship and, and Christ walking on water. I think in times of those storms, you can either worry or you can worship. And worrying, it's something to do, but it's not going to get you anywhere. But if you worship, if you if you look at, be like Peter, get out of your ship of comfort and be like, yo, the safest place I could be right now is next to him on top of all these elements. And maybe Peter had all his life seen, seen the Sea of Galilee, but never once thought, I'm going to walk on this until he met Jesus Christ. And now all of a sudden he's having thoughts like, I'm going to walk on this water. Why? Because I know Jesus, he can do it. He's doing it. You better believe if I was in that ship and I saw Peter do it, I'd be like, I got next. I, I, I want to go next. Let me, let me try this. Jesus landed to live righteously. It is time for another episode of the Cultural Hall. Now, you guys, uh, it's royalty that's in here. It's King Captain Muscles Hair Aquaman <laughs> himself. It's Opie, uh, a musician. I have to give a special shout out to my friend Kurt Frankham over at Leading Saints. He said, have you talked to Opie yet? And I said, no, I have not. He said, you will love him. And not just because he's a beautiful gentleman, because he has uh. a beautiful soul and spirit. And this is how this interview was born. Great to have you here. Oh, man, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Now, uh, I have to, uh, because anyone who is a patron saint and able to view this or knows what you look like, you are a very beautiful uh, individual. You got it's like it's my birthday today, man. <laughs> you guys are so sweet. No, but uh, but I have to guess because you, you aren't the uh, Irish white bread that this guy is. Where, where are you from? Give me a little uh, family history, a little genealogy. Yes, I, I always say, what's my brown? Uh, <laughs> which is so funny to me because like, I mean, I don't get offended if somebody, that's like the best way to ask me like, hey, what's your brown? I, <laughs> I had somebody ask me that and I just cracked up. I loved it. And I was like, can I steal that? And they're like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so as legend has it, my mom is full Native American. Uh, okay. She's Apache, Apache Indian from the Chiricahua tribe uh, or Chiricahua branch and Mayan uh, Native American or Mayan Indian. And then my dad, he's a whole mix, but it, it, it's black, Samoan, French, and Welsh. And okay. he was, he was from England, um, born out there. And then I was born in new England. I was born in Maine. And then we just, my dad worked for the FAA. So we just traveled a ton. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the Brown. That's now, the have brown. you done the, uh, ancestry test to find out how much percent of whatever percents? So my sister, I believe my other brother and my dad all did it. And I, I don't know why I'm so scared to do it. I just like all my life I've been taught. I've, I mean, and they, that's where I got these things from. They're like, oh, we're 7% from the Congo and we have Welsh and French. And then like, you know, the Native American side. But I don't know why I've just been putting it off. I'm kind of just like, ah, well, what you told me is good enough. I like that. I'll use that. Well, this is actually, uh, and I hate that this is how this came up, but this is an intervention. We're having a <laughs> DNA intervention on your family. They dude, I already safe space, but we. I already to... love you, dude. You crack me up, man. <laughs> Holy cow, that's funny. Uh, it, it, I mean, it, it's an interesting thing. The people that are against the DNA tests are pretty against them. And, and which I'm not, like, I'm not against it. I'm okay, just lazy. Okay. Yeah, I'm lazy. <laughs> like, I'm not against it. Like, don't ever, I'm not one of those guys that, I mean, when I take a stand against something, it's, you know, obviously I'm really passionate about it, but sure. DNA stuff, I'm just like, oh, it's the logging in, sending the work, <laughs> then the, oh man, yeah. So, you know, the hardest someday. part, the hardest part of the whole DNA thing is getting up enough spit into the tube. And I know that doesn't sound like that would be so much, especially post COVID where we all did all the things, uh, but, but it's a lot of spit and spit's real gross. 
Yeah. And I'm, I'm a 1000% germaphobe. Just, yeah. uh, yeah. So like spit and other people stuff. the COVID testing. Oh, just when you said that I had PTSD of like the, the nostril and they tickle your brain. Oh, tilt your yeah. head back. This will only yeah, tilt thing and, you know, rupture your brain for a moment. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly, man. Do you have, uh, do you have kids? No kids. Okay. I actually okay. just got married, uh, June 3rd of last year. Okay. So, congratulations. Thank how's you very much. Going? How's that going? Oh boy, man. It's rough. No, I was kidding. <laughs> Dude, I, it is the coolest thing ever. Um, funny. So I was just talking to uh, this other group and kind of talking about marriage or whatnot. And, uh, I was up in New York and doing some, some stuff up there. And there was a conversation among the performers that were out there. And, uh, two of the people had taken the stance that they were anti-marriage. Hmm. And well, they said, I don't believe in marriage. And I was like, like the concept or, you know, or what like you mean? people are really married. Like yeah, you know, people actually, yeah. all of us married folks are like, yeah, like the moon. <laughs> yeah. it doesn't make sense. And unbeknownst to them, they didn't know that I just gotten married. Uh-huh. Um, I just realized I was so repetitive just now saying unbeknownst, they didn't know anyway. Um, <laughs> so they didn't know that I had just gotten married. And so there's like a group of us, like eight, like some of us were, were, uh, musicians, some of them were actors, some of them were like models. Anyway, we're all talking and and two of them were just bashing marriage so much. Like, oh, I could never do that. And, you know, they're in a an open, uh, it was a weird, you know, I'd never heard of it before, but it was like an open uh, multiple lovers type of thing. And so I was, and and then one person knew and they looked at me and they're like, hey, Ophie, didn't you just get married? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yes, I did. Yes, and they're I like, did. oh, they're like, why? Uh, and I just, I was like, oh Lord, please help me. I was like, you know what? I said, guys, for me, it's like finding the, like, think of your best friend in the world. Mm-hmm. Now find another deeper level to be their best friend. I was like, yeah. the, the best way I can explain it is like being in a band. I'm like, I've got my drummer and my bass player are, are my best friends, but it's even further because we're in war, you know, in, mm-hmm. in the music industry and we rely on each other and we have these sacred special experiences. And I was, so I just basically said like, you know, I love my wife. She's my best friend. She's my strength. And having more of something you love is just such a wonderful thing. And yeah. they're like, okay, I can get down with that. Yeah. Uh, they, they just met a lot of people who weren't stoked to be married. And so, yeah. Oh. Well, and there's a, there's a thing now, uh, props to the dog in the interview. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Nash, please. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Dogs love that. They'll quiet yeah, right down. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there's a there's a thing I I think where um you're starting to see this more and more where people are like, oh, marriage, it's the man. It's mm. you know, it's it's a financial thing. You you show me a man that came out of a marriage, <laughs> the woman, you know what I'm saying, or yeah, yeah. the other partner who takes them for everything or for yeah. half of everything, and it's just not a financially viable situation. Like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, and uh, so that's another thing. So I actually got married earlier and then divorced, uh, and so like I kind of saw both worlds of that. Like okay. I saw what it's like to try to make a marriage work. Yeah. And that, that phrase just sounds so like disheartening, you know, that yeah. phrase, like, let's make it work. Sure. I'm like, dude, work is something you do out of like necessity. Cause you have to, if yeah. all of us were mega billionaires, we wouldn't go to work. We'd be having fun doing projects that we love and sure. spending our time you know, helping the world change and cure the world. But work, it's just like, uh, no one, no one, again, they say, if you, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life again, work that being the operative word. Um, so like I've been in a situation like that and it was when you're, 
I don't know how to say this. I, I guess the best way is like, when I got married the second time, I finally was at a place in my life where I loved myself and who I was and accepted myself. And then I understood my intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. I understood how he saw me and I saw himself through, I saw myself through his eyes. And again, the only way to see, I mean, I can't see myself through your eyes because you're too far away, but in order to see yourself in in Christ's eyes, you got to be like nose to nose with him. You got to be so close to him. And so it was during that whole experience that I was like, you know, I I know what I deserve. I know what I want. Then you'll never ever hear me bash my ex-wife. I guess just not something I'll ever do, but it just, we didn't want the same type of life. We didn't want to be the people that we were. Um, So we just met, you know, met at the wrong time. And um, anyway, so then, you know, when I met my, my wife now, I was ready. I saw her for who she was. And I keep thinking about that all the time that if I, if I wasn't, if I wasn't in a place to see myself the way God sees me, I wouldn't have saw her. I wouldn't have seen her that way. I would have just been like, oh, she's way hot. Cool. See ya. You know, <laughs> but I was like, oh man, we had a, you know, 45 minute talk first time we ever met. And I was just like, oh man, I love this girl. She's amazing. So here's the deep existential question. Then you didn't at one point see you the way the Christ saw you, but now you feel like you do at least more. Yeah. How'd you get there? Um, you know, it was, uh, it was kind of hard to get there actually. Like it wasn't just like a, you know, like one day wake up and you're just like, Oh, I love myself. Uh, It was a lot of like bad things. Uh, It was, it was a lot of just like really crummy experiences that made me question God, made me question his existence, made me question my existence. Um, It was a lot of trials. It was a lot of, uh, you know, I, I had, there were some times that I just thought, yeah, this is the end, you know, um, and I had seen death in, in mentors and friends and family. And, um, you know, I just I, I finally was just like, what am I doing here? What's the purpose to all this? Like, why? What's the point? Why am I even trying? Why do I is happiness even a real thing? Sure. Um, and so I, you know, I I wish I had like one answer that solved everything, but it was really just I had this burning desire to know who he, who he was, to know who God actually is. And so, um, I actually now use it when I, you know, we do, obviously we tour and and play music and stuff like that, but we also get to go, I get, I get to go do devotionals and firesides and stuff like that. And one of the, the topics that I have, um, is, is the three S's is to, to seek Jesus Christ, to study Jesus Christ, and then to stay with him Hmm. because really like how, it's like, okay, here we go. I got, the, I got an answer kind of. So when I was okay. young, when I was young, I tried martial arts because nothing else was working in my life. You know, I tried to play football and I got benched the whole time. And so I was like, I need to do something. And so I took up martial art, martial arts. And, um, this, the guy that was teaching me, um, I, I took a, a form of martial arts called Kaiju Kempo. And don't worry, I, I can't fight to save my life now. You know, it was like when I was in high school. But he had this story, and it was the analogy or the story of this kung fu kid who wanted to be the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. And so he's looking at his master, and his master's, you know, he finishes the course, the class, everybody leaves, but this kid chooses to stay behind. And he, uh, he looks at his master and he says, Sifu, I want to be the best in the world. And he said, well, well, good. Keep at it. And you will be. And he said, no, no, no. I want to be the best, not just in this class, not just in this, in this country. I want to be the best. I want to be better than you. And the Sifu said, and you really, you really want to. And he said, yeah. And he said, come follow me. They went down to a stream 
And the master grabs the student and throws him into the stream and starts to drown him. And the, the, the kid's fighting, the student's fighting, and, and he finally comes up for breath and the Sifu shoves his head right back down into the water and he starts drowning the kid, drowning the kid. And this is going on repetitive for about five, five minutes. The kid's struggling, he's fighting, he's finally, finally the kid gets back up and he shoves the teacher and he says, what are you doing? What are you doing? And the teacher says, when you want to be the best as badly as you just now wanted air, you will be. I heard that as a young, young teen. Mm-hmm. And I started applying that to everything in my life, that when I want to be the best musician, the best student or the best husband or best disciple of Jesus Christ, as badly as I need air, when I'm drowning, when I'm suffocating, you will be because you do everything to get there. Um, so I, I really stopped being casual with my relationship with Jesus Christ. Stop, I stopped looking at, at him as like a historic figure, as like this mystery God who like a Superman. It's like, oh, we've all heard of him, but no, nobody knows who he really is. Nobody's seen him. Nobody's talked to him. Um, so I started getting way more serious about who is this person that, that for some reason died for me? Who, who is this guy? Why do I need to know him? Did that come across in like scripture study and like listening to the words of apostles and prophets? I think that everybody sort of has the desire about what you're talking about. And then similar to either that story or other stories that we could walk out, we kind of go, yeah, but I don't really know. I thought I wanted to take him, but is that a sandwich? I'm going to go eat that sandwich. Exactly. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously it's different for every person. Um, sure, but what was it like for you? I asked you earlier. Yeah, okay, yeah. The king muscle hair. King muscle hair, Aquaman. <laughs> that cracks me up. Uh, you know, for me, it was, it was more out of fear. I was like, uh, had some close encounters with death and... I like just what, kinda, jumping off a building? You've mentioned that a couple of times. How did you get so close to death? Uh, so when I was 16, um, I tried to kill myself I, oh, I, when I was 16. Yeah, I, I, I was 16. Um, and then when I was, it was probably about three or four years ago, you know, I was just going up to a very, very tall place in Utah and was getting ready to just drive my car off and just, you know, fall. Um, then my, my mentor, good buddy of mine who before I did music, I, I did uh, finance and uh, he was, he was murdered by his wife and her brother and it was all over the news. So I just like seen a lot of that stuff and it was just kind of, it was fear. It was, you know, that's what motivated me at first. That's what, what started me. Um, and really fear is not that strong of a motivator. It, it is a motivator, but when you flip it from fear to love and like respect, it obviously changes. But for me, yeah, that was, I just had some times in my life where I just felt so lost. And I just thought, okay, I've heard of this Jesus Christ. I've heard of God. And um, if anybody's going to have the answer, it's going to be him. And if I want things from him, if I want a wonderful life and happiness, and that's the source, I should probably know who the source is and talk to him and be friends with him and like, start doing what he would like me to do. You know, if you, if you got invited to live at the king's palace, you'd probably want to know the king's rules, l- learn who the king is, what he likes, what he doesn't like, so that yeah. you don't get kicked out, you know, yeah. so that you can become friends with them. I appreciate that you're willing to be uh, open and vulnerable as to, you know, when you say dark and darkness and, and experiences and some of that. Um, I mean, that's yeah. some, that's some pretty s- serious stuff. And then to be able to, you know, juxtapose that to where you are now and being able to share the light and being all that. Sometimes when we hear people are like, oh, my darkest times, and then you find out their darkest times. And I'm not downplaying anybody's dark times, but you hear it's like, oh, they didn't they didn't make a, a football team or they didn't, you know, yeah. They, yeah. they wanted to go to one college and they didn't. I mean, these yeah. are 
the 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 dire most desperate times where you're asking for literally anything because you start to question if your existence matters what the point is like it is yeah. it is the darkest of of dark yeah. I appreciate you being willing to uh, to share that. I want to take a break real quick. When we come back sure. in the second block, I want to get um, back into this seek, study, and stay. Uh, cool. I think that we we really have sort of wrapped up that seek, and I want to know about the study and then the value of staying. I think that that's something that's a, a pretty hot topic with folks now. We'll get into that, <laughs> come back and do that in the second block of the Cultural Hall. Hey, you guys, wanted to talk to you about a new voice app on the Amazon Alexa. It's made by the church, that is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and it's geared for kids and grandkids aged 4 to 11. It's called the Friend Magazine Skill, and it allows your kids to play the Friend Magazine from an Amazon Alexa smart speaker. Now, here's what's cool about it. Each month, it's going to include new stories and new music from the Friend Magazine. It's, uh, you know, a thing that your kids, they know what it is. In fact, if you said, hey, kids, enable the Friend Magazine skill, they've already done it before you even ask them. And the best part is it's free. It's built by the church. So there is no advertisements or any content that you need to worry about. And it's a fun, great way to help your kids learn about the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's called the Friend Magazine Skill be sure to enable it on your Amazon Alexa smart speaker. Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. In the second block of the cultural hall, as we come back, the music that you were hearing is a song by Ophi. You know, I feel like we mentioned your royalty and all of those things, but we sort hmm. of just very briefly mentioned that you're a musician. Uh, that's a song called Back to You. Tell me a little bit of, about that. And, you know, I, I don't know that I want to be like, tell me about the writing process and about the harmony <laughs> melodies. Not that necessarily, but it's got a message that I think is significant. So... Just reiterate, you want to know about Back to You, the song, or about yeah. music in general? Okay, okay. No, 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 about Back to You specifically. Specifically. Um, man, this, so I haven't announced this yet, and you're the lucky winner, so I'm going to announce it here on your podcast with you. So um, the band Ophi is actually getting a new name. Um, we we just got a, a, a contract offer. Um, all I can say about it legally is that it's life-changing. And okay. with that came um, just new everything, new singles, new um, 
just knew everything. I, I mean, there's so much that I'm like, I'm dying inside because I know, you know, I know what's about to happen, but the world doesn't. Um, so anyway, so back to you was the first single that we pitched to, um, I'll just say to, to these people and to our producer, to everybody. And um, the song, uh, so my bass player in the band was my last companion on my mission. We served in Panama together and okay. he, he is a homie. His name is Jesse. He's uh, from Boston. His family's from the, the, the Dominican Republic. Uh, but we met in Panama and I got to, I got to pick my last companion in my last area. And I had, I had seen him in zones. And then my, my last area, we were together in, in a zone together. Um, Wait, but pause. Was, how did you get to pick? <laughs> Everybody knows I was my mission president's favorite. <laughs> like, I don't know how to say it. Like, I just, they're like my parents nowadays. Uh, Craig and Lana Ward love them. And sure. But they came to you and were like, listen, you're going to die off. Who do you want to be with? Is that how yeah, it, it was? It was our, our ex. I'm not joking. It was my last transfer. Uh, president Ward was like, all right, where do you want to go? Who do you want? Um, boo. and I was like, you know what? I know, boo, <laughs> dude, I had the best mission in the world. Like it, it was the most insane. And real quick about that. I, it's so funny, like in, in others quorum or somebody else, you, you hear somebody, especially in church, talk about their mission uh -huh. and everybody's just like, Oh, let it go. This guy and his mission stories. Here's my little quick thing on it. Cause it's a pet peeve of mine. There's nothing wrong with sharing those amazing missionary stories. I say, if that's the last time that you felt the spirit in your life, then there's work to be done. There's sure. something to fix. But sure. talking about those beautiful, we would talk about the pre-moral existence if we could remember it. We sure. would talk about like, oh, do you remember that time that we did this? Anyway. You remember so, Satan and like a third of my brothers and sisters? You, you remember when those guys? Yeah. <laughs> remember that guy? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he just was like, where do you want to go? And I just said, keep me here in the city, but give me Elder Gomez. And so um, it was one of the coolest transfers of my life, wow. man. I wow. mean, I, every transfer was so cool, but, but going out with a bang. Anyway, so I started the band. Um, and then years later, um, you know, I was with a really crummy situation and, and record label and producer. And I, I don't think it was, it was just, man, there's so much in my life that was the wrong time with the wrong people, excuse me, um, versus the right time with the right people. And uh that first experience in, in the music industry was the wrong time, wrong people uh, mm -hmm. got out of that situation. And, and again, I hope all the success and love for them, but it was just wrong for, for us. Um, and so I ended up getting with, with this new group, new everything. I sing, I write, uh, I play the guitar. I'm the front man of it, kind of the, the brain behind the operation. And um, Jesse came in when I, I was here in Utah. It was the first time that it was just so hard to find because a lot of musicians here play in multiple bands. They're, mm -hmm. they're just, they're, they're booked because they're always playing. And I thought, man, how are you building if you're so divided? You know, like, how are you building a name for yourself? And sure. I just was like, ah, oh, man, I need somebody who's solid that wants to like put their head down and just grind with, with one band, but poor instead of 10% and 10 bands, give me a hundred percent. So I ended up uh, talking to him and I was like, dude, I was just complaining one day because him and I write together a lot. And mm -hmm. uh, I was like, dude, I'm so tired of finding bass players. And he's like, all right, I'll play bass. And I was like, do you even know how to? And he's like, give me six months. And yeah. now he's super musical. Like, I hate him because he's plays guitar, plays piano, plays like he's Prince pretty much, you know, yeah. does everything sing. <laughs> and so he like came back six months, ready to go. And I was like, okay, this is freaking awesome. This is the coolest wow. thing ever. Um, and then, uh, if you, I don't know if you've heard of the band Gentry, but uh -huh, they have a drummer that comes. Okay. So Nate's meeting drums with them. And I saw him drum a cover of, uh, Green Day 
And I was like, you're my guy. And he's like, well, I'm, I'm in a lot of different bands. And I was like, I don't care. You're my guy. And so <laughs> ever since then, uh, Nate and Jesse, have, we've been the band. So back to you, that song. Uh, <laughs> you thought I'd forget, didn't no, you? The, no, no, the no. The viewers were at the edge of their seat. This plane. <laughs> I knew you hadn't forgot. I just was like, we'll get there. I'm just, we'll I'm get there eventually. Uh, so back to you was the first song Jesse and I started writing together uh, right before the pandemic hit. And then um, we we had another offer come through and uh, it was to be in a, a movie placement. And so we're still working on like a major film. And so we're mm-hmm. working on that right now. Like one of our songs, the director heard it and was like, dude, can you can you write an album? And I was like, oh, I've got plenty of songs ready to go. And they part of that was the truth because we had written 50 songs, but none of them were recorded ready to sure. go. So we decided let's let's look at all 55 songs that were pretty much done and let's pick just the top 10. And so we picked the top 10 um, and Back to You was actually number 11. We had cut that song um, because the, the verse wasn't right with the chorus. And anyway, uh, so we ended up meeting uh, different producers, Al Vanderbeek from the Piano Guys we met. And uh, he was like, oh, let me hear your song. So I played him uh, our 10 best songs and Crown was one of them. Now Crown will be our first single. And you guys will hear that one next, I'm hoping, but that, yep. that's a real, it's, that's a, that a song, that's your workout song. <laughs> um, and so I played the 10 tracks for Alan. I was like, oh, I love these. He goes, just, just be open to maybe you haven't even written your number one single. That's the last thing you want to hear, dude. After all, like entire 2020, we poured our heart and soul into these 55 songs, then to 10 songs, then to hear you have written it. And I was like, no, we, we got it. And he's like, yeah. just, just be open to it, you know? And so we left and uh, I said, all right, dude, let's write one more song. And we brought back, back to you. And again, right time, right people, right mood. We figured out moving the verse to the chorus and writing a brand new verse. And Jesse was pretty instrumental in that part. And we, we had this, this hit, I will say, because I know it's a hit. You guys don't yet. Uh, but once you hear it, you'll understand. We, we ended up using this song. We, we used it to pitch for this new offer that we got this, this offer. And that was the song that did it. And I was like, how funny that this, this didn't even make the cut. Yeah. And then once we reworked, reworked it, we were like, no, this is the song. This is it. And so we ended up writing a couple songs on the back of Back to You. And those are like songs three and four, I think singles three and four. So this year will be the release of the new band. No, I can't tell you the name yet. I wish I could. Sure. Um, but this will be the new release of, of everything of the songs. Um, and on our website, we're giving a little snippet of ofiband.com. We get a little snippet like you're doing with the songs. So that's how Back to You came to be. So uh, Ofi, O-F-I, mm-hmm. I think that, to me, and and tell me if this is true or not, I think of the movie That Thing You Do. Yes, That Thing You Do. Yes, where I love uh, that. There are the Oneaters, and it's the yeah. <laughs> probably get a lot of the Oneaters. Give it yeah. up for Offy. Yeah, Offy. Yeah, I get Offy. I get um, really only Offy. I was trying mm-hmm. to, or or I get OF, OFI. I get mm-hmm. that a lot. Yeah. I'll usually get those three. Yeah, welcome so, to the stage, OFI, and you're like. Sophie. It's a, like you've seen Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire, right? Sure. When he's like, uh, the amazing Spider-Man. He's like, that's not my name. He got my name wrong. It's the human spider. He's like, I don't care, kid, get out there. Yeah, I've, I've had that experience before. I'm like, oh, that's that's not how you say it, actually. Um, 
Yeah, that name. I mean, my real name is Burke. Um, so not part of cool. me. No offense. Not as cool as Ophi. Oh, I think Burke is a way cooler, <laughs> way cooler than Ophi. Uh, Here, no, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Yes, it is as cool. So let me. So let me before cool, we yeah. before you're like, man, nah, what a jerk. I'm let's like, okay, how do I turn this thing off? Yeah, like lead in the bottom right hand <laughs> corner. No, Burke is great, but you look more like an Ophi than yeah. a Burke. For yeah. sure, hands yeah. down. Like yeah. I don't, you know, I don't look like a a Dwayne or a something like that. You know, yeah. I look like what, a rich. What, <laughs> what I did, final expense and retirement plans and investments, all that stuff. I looked like a Burke, clean shaven, short uh-huh. hair, uh, more of like a military cut. I was always mm-hmm. wearing polos. Uh, and, and no offense to polos, but I was like, yeah, I'll never wear those again. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, Ophi, it was, and it was kind of that reason. The first musical group that I was with, they were like, dude, Burke's just like, you need like a, a name, like a, a Bruce Wayne to, to Batman. You need, mm-hmm. you, you need like an identity, grow your hair out. And I was like, oh, I've never done that before. And they're like, yeah, grow a little, some facial hair and grow, you know? And so I ended up just becoming Ophi. And that came from uh, Panama, actually. The, the phrase Ophi just means official or legit or cool. Mm-hmm. So like here we say, awesome, dope, cool. In Panama, they say Ophi. <clears throat> so when I got with that, um group they were like you know you need a band name you need a, an artist name and so i was like what about ofi and they're like we love it let's let's do that so i'm i'm kind of torn because I, I you know it's not like i have a, a humongous following but you know i do have some amazing fans and they've gotten used to ofi but i think because they know me they're so excited that i finally get to be burke again that i get to have my name back and i get to I mean, when, when, when Ophi started, it was just me. I was mm-hmm. more of like a, a Brandon Yuri of Panic at the Disco where everybody knows it's Brandon Yuri or like an Ed Sheeran or Justin Bieber. You know, it was, it was just me. It was just Ophi. And over the last two years, it's grown into an actual band and producer and auxiliary members. And so it feels so much better because it's like, you know, it just felt weird performing as a full band, but it's all about me. You know, sure. that's kind of weird. Sure. So now, now with the full band, um, it's like I belong to a team again. And I, I love that. You know, I, I grew up on Foo Fighters, Metallica, like bands. Linkin Park was was the reason I do music today. Uh, and it was a group, you know, it was like it wasn't about any one person. And so I, I feel like I I wasn't myself for a couple of years as Ophi. And that's why you'll hear a difference between the old stuff I used to write versus the stuff that I write now. It's like me again. And I the best stuff I've ever written. You know, uh, and I, I hope that we don't get you in trouble, but I actually know the name of your new band and the fact that you're called SoFi. Oh, there you go. By SoFi. I mean, that, that that's is, great. Huh? That's a market placement. You know, it's funny. I should have expected that from you. I was like, oh, does he really know? How did he? Now I'm racking my brain with like, who spilled the beans? Who that's hilarious. Him? So SoFi, that's amazing. Did yeah. Open at the stadium. That's incredible. Yeah. No. Uh, so, so I want to, um, you sort of queued up like this seek, study, stay. And uh, for, for whatever um, reason, as you were kind of talking about your your musical interests, as well as some of your past experiences, you know, uh, the band Linkin Park. Yeah. And, uh, Chester Bennington, who, t- who took his own life. And we talk about staying, we talk about yeah. staying within the church and certainly some of the struggles that um, that you have experienced in your life. Maybe we open that up just a little bit more to the sure. left that, that you're willing to speak about it, but that's hard. It's hard for a lot of people. We hear within the church, especially LGBTQ folks, that uh, whether it's just staying within the church or they stay in the church, but the fight to want to stay alive becomes a difficult thing. Um, 
to, to those people that for whatever reason feel lost, whether it's gospelly lost or life lost, like uh, the fact that you've chosen to stay means something. What would you say to those people? Um, you know, I get asked being in the music industry, it's not LDS friendly or member of the Church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saint friendly. Like the yep. music industry is not, it's not a place that you, it's not serving a mission. It's not the temple. It's not church. You know, it's very different. And I've, I've been offered things with music, you know, in the music industry, big and small, scary stuff from, you know, drugs, alcohol, or money to do bad things, or, you know, experiences and experience this. And I remember I had a conversation with one guy after a, a big show in Las Vegas and they were going to go to a club. I'll just leave it at that. And they were going to go do some, some, some things, <laughs> some illegal stuff. They were going to kill and, people. I guess. Yeah, on. pretty much. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Uh, they were going to go just break some commandments. I'll say it that way. Um, <laughs> Perfect. And one of the guys was like, Hey, you know, do you drink? And I said, Oh, actually, actually I don't. And they're like, dude, we just saw you rock out on stage for like 45 minutes. How do you not, how do you not drink? You know, how do you, how do you have fun without alcohol? And, you know, of course, I could have been like, well, because I'm a Mormon, you know, and because we I we have a foundational. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I was like, you know, I just said, I'm, I'm really I'm working on a, a new type of relationship with with God. And I feel like this is something that I want to I want to do with him is I want to I want to experience this life without alcohol because I feel like he's asked me to. And I just I want to have a good relationship with him. So I'm, I'm trying it out. Mm-hmm. And it it opened up an entire discussion and dialogue where that person didn't even end up going to to those places. And we we talked about the Book of Mormon. And um, I mean, this guy was in a I can't say the name, but he was in a very famous rock band, um, very famous, and then uh, fell to to uh, substance abuse. And um, you know, we're out in Nashville and. He was just opening up about stuff. And it was so cool that we, I'm like, this talk would have never happened if, you know, if one, I would have shut him off or shut him down real quick or, or been ashamed or whatever. So um, that, that sets me up for this next part is, you know, I had a friend hit me up and say, oh, did you know your church is under fire for, you know, billions, billions of dollars and all this stuff? You know, why are you paying tithing? And I was like, again, I could have been like, well, because, you know, Malachi and, you know, in the scriptures. And it's just like, I said, you know, I, I'm currently looking into that as well. I said, but that's not the reason I pay tithing. I don't pay tithing so I can see where the funds go and what they do. If if they're sitting there and burning the money, that doesn't affect my testimony because my part of this whole miracle, my part of this whole deal is to show Heavenly Father that I'm not attached to, to 10% of my money. That's not even mine. <clears throat> and I wouldn't have it if it wasn't for him. So it's like, regardless of where that goes. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I think what helps me when I felt lost was like, what, what's the anchor? What is the main point? You know, the surface level is, yeah, pay your tithing and get blessed and where the tithing goes and it helps. But as Christ, I mean, Christ always taught, in every miracle, there's the surface miracle. And then there's the deeper miracle. You know, I, I think of the, the fish and the loaves and he's feeding the multitude. It's like, that's a really cool miracle. Don't get me wrong. It's really cool. He fed a whole bunch of people, thousands um, off of a, a few loaves and a few fish. And that I think is a surface miracle. But the deeper miracle is when he asked, what do you have? It was like the little kid who was like, I've got three loaves or two loaves and five pieces of fish. Mm-hmm. And Christ says, cool, that's enough. And I think that's the deeper miracle. It's like sometimes we have all we can come to the Lord with is half an eaten loaf of bread and some scales of a fish. And it's like, this is all I have. And he's like, well, that's enough. I can feed hundreds of thousands with that because simply by you giving your best, that's enough. 
then I think in in even in the the LDS culture or the church, you know, moving here to Utah was a was a cultural shock to me, man. From California, the hang yeah, loose. Welcome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude, literally, like I'd show up looking the way that I do, and people are like, "Hey, brother, welcome to church. Have you heard of Jesus Christ?" You know, <laughs> I'm not joking. That is a true story, man. It's a true story where people just saw me, and again, no no slight to them. I'm glad that they at least came up and said hi, but. You know, I'm, you know, I'm looking around and I'm like, where's all the tattoos? Where are the piercings? Where are the, where's the pink hair? Where's, where's the people confused on, on life? And where, where, how come they're not comfortable here? You yeah. know, and why are we comfortable without them? <clears throat> this church should be full of everybody. And where are the brown people at, you know? Like, uh, and I could say that, yeah. but, um, you know, with me, it just, again, it comes back to really understanding who Jesus Christ is. Like, I, I can't stress that enough. It's like that seek, study, stay. It's like the only way you can study him is if you find him. It's like, it, it's really is. And you got to look for him. You got to, and he's not hard to find. That's the other thing is it's not like Bigfoot. It's not like Jesus Christ is some like hiding where's Waldo. It's like, dude, you can find Jesus in anything, but just choose to, to open your eyes to see him. Um, and so for, for the people leaving people that are struggling again with the culture of the church, it's like, well, are you tied to the culture or are you tied to the gospel? You know, are you, are you tied to the things that they say at church or are you tied to the things that Jesus Christ says in revelation? What, what are you tied to? Because, you know, I, I hate to admit this, but I was in a mid singles ward for a little bit and I left. Um, I stopped going to others quorum because of that feeling of like, I sat around and the, the, the mood and the feeling in others quorum was so blah, you know, I, I love happiness and excitement and fun. And as I know you do, cause you know, I just, I, you know I actually hate it. That's a, yeah, I, actually, a, I actually hate smiling and having fun, smiling, but, fun, enjoyment, <laughs> all of these things. I deny them. <laughs> In others, Corm, none of that was there for this one particular word. And I just was like, you know, what? I'm not going anymore. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, you know, I'm not getting what I want out of it. So I'm done. So I'd go to sacrament, then go home, read scriptures, watch a conference talk. And that was good enough. And one day, man, about doing that for about three, three or four weeks, I got heavenly smacked upside the head so bad. And I, I felt like this, like, what happened? What have I been doing wrong? And this like thought came to me that, you know, in your home, if your living room was disgusting would you just leave and abandon the house or would you get back in there and would you clean up? Mm. And it was go back in there and clean up. And I just, for the people that feel like they're, they're lost, I would, I would ask them to just reconsider everything that they can offer and provide their experiences, their stories, their trials. Like they add so much and they add, maybe they just don't know that. Maybe they just don't know how much they really do contribute to building a, a great class, a great, whatever. Um, so ever since I kind of changed my mindset about that, instead of, oh, I don't like this teaching style or, oh, this guy's not entertaining enough. It was like, well, what can I do to add spirit to this testimony? I can pray for this, the person speaking. I can study the lesson, maybe offer some cool insights, um, pay attention when other people are raising their hands and, talk, you know, and whole experience of, of the culture has changed looking at it that way. That's one of the hardest things I think for me uh, in my 
like church attendance, church observance is, you know, I have a lot of friends and because of doing this and, and being um, out there as I am, you know, I, I experience and see a lot of people whom have left the church and I, and I, I, I don't ever want to be like, oh, you shouldn't leave the church. Of course. Um, you know, any of those kind of things I recognize for mental health for like, I don't, I haven't walked in anyone else's shoes. So I would never tell anyone else what to do if they felt like that was the thing that they needed to do. But I will say that one of the hardest things for me is when, and and you, I think you get this more in Utah, certainly, or concentrated areas of members of the church, or even wards where you start to see this, is that if you don't fit A, you don't fit in, and then mm-hmm. you stop going, and then anyone who isn't an A, they're a B, they're a C, they're a D, whatever, goes... And they're like, where are the other C's here? Yeah, where yeah. where are my other B's at? I feel yeah. like this is a room of A's and I know the church is where my B's at. Yeah. yeah. Where's yeah. My, what's up, my B's? <laughs> uh, that that it's not there. And I and I just think that it's so hard. And and I and I don't know what to do with that. You know, sometimes I, I have been in that situation where I, you know, feel like you did, where I'm like, listen, this is not this is not filling my cup. In fact, I threw my cup out just because I didn't even yeah. want to, you know, like all exactly. these things. But I'm like, man. Can I can I be there for someone else? Can is there something that I can offer? Is there something that uh, that I can learn and being able to turn that? And and I think that that can only be by staying. Like you said, you yeah. get, you you don't do it anymore. You're not going to have those opportunities for that because you're not putting yourself in that position. And of course, yeah. I don't want you know shame anyone who of course, of course uh, and I mean and who hasn't had their faith rocked? Who hasn't had those moments where you're like excuse me like do i even want to be here yeah am i learning anything am i contributing anything and you do feel less than and again if you if you learn more about jesus christ it's like dude i'm always enough and that's you know i that's the one thing i wish that we did more in church was that it was more happy worship mm-hmm. you know like a lot of that was one of my big struggles moving to utah and or not just moving to church, but this in in church was like fasting testimony meeting was just so sad. It was like a time for people to break down. And again, sometimes that's, that's hundred percent needed and people need that. But I was like, if I was a convert, man, I'd be so sad. I'd be like, man, <laughs> you guys have such a beautiful truth, but it's like, we're sad. And I feel like somewhere along the way we, we, we equate reverence to like sadness and, and putting our heads down. And I'm like, guys, we got a majority of this stuff, right. We're already baptized. We have the Holy ghost, you know, like uh, most of us have been through the temple. Like we are do, we are on the right covenant path. We should be so excited about it. And so it was just like, it's okay to smile at church. It's okay to be happy. It's okay to just get up there and be like, I love Jesus Christ, you know? And um, I'm hoping to see more of that. I'm hoping to be more of that. I'm hoping to be, I mean, when, when you think of somebody as a light, you don't think of them sad. Like, I don't think of Jesus Christ walking around being like, well, I'm the bread of life. You know, like I just don't see that in him. I see him like fi- on fire because he loved doing what he did uh, and, and doing what he does. Um, so yeah, I, I, again, there's, there's, I, I, uh, I've had friends say like, do you think God will hate me if I leave? And I'm like, first off, God will never hate you for anything that you do. He loves right. you. You're, you are accepted. And I think this is my personal belief that God would be so stoked for you to figure the plan out for you to put it to the test, for you to use your brain, for you to ask questions and challenge. I'm like, that's really what the restoration was built on was somebody brave enough to challenge the system. 
and find out what's what should be done. And so I'm like, why, why? There's nothing wrong with asking questions. I ask so many questions. I challenge everything because I know who Jesus Christ is. So now I ask and I'm like, hey, you know, what about this topic? What about this? And how are we doing this in church? And for anybody that that's struggling, I'm like, go ahead and struggle. It's okay. Like have the struggle, have it because there's so much beauty in that struggle. It's like going to the gym and sitting down, not lifting any of the weights, but expecting to be buff and expecting to have the same experience as somebody who's sweating and giving it their all. You just won't have the same experience. You will get out of church and the gospel and the culture, what you give to it. Let's take another break. When we come back in the third block, we'll just pick it up where we left it off. And we're going to sample another song. It's Ophi King. Hold on. I've got it written down. The King Captain Muscles Hair Aquaman himself will come back and do that in the third block of the Cultural Hall. Best DJ in Utah.com. It's been a while since we've had a new one of these, and I apologize for that. It's because I've been so busy DJing events all over the country, uh, but especially here in Utah. Been able to do some great, uh, you know, weddings. I've done a, a prom or two for different listeners of the Cultural Hall. I love it when you uh, reach out to me at bestdjinutah.com or uh, you can find the phone number online as well. I would love it if you say, hey, I heard about you on the Cultural Hall because maybe, just maybe, I give a Cultural Hall discount. Uh, all sorts of events. It doesn't have to be a, a wedding. It could be a community event. Maybe it's a ward or youth activity. I'm doing one of those this summer. In fact, just lock the deal down on that. Uh, whatever it may be, if you need music to accompany your event or you just need a great MC, I would love to be able to help you out. You're simply going to need to go to bestdjinutah.com. Hi, friends. Dan, the laptop man here from PC Laptops. You can get a brand new PC Laptops desktop, and they start at only $29 a month, and it comes with a lifetime warranty. Just check us out at PCLaptops.com. That's PCLaptops.com. in the third block of the cultural hall remember you can always reach out to us contact at theculturalhall.com that is how you get in touch with us emails never close which is great so if you feel compelled to do that in the middle of the night it doesn't wake me up i turn the uh, notifications off so i just wake up and go oh that's great i got a message from you while i slept it's contact at theculturalhall.com you like this episode you have a guest that you think we should bring on next you can certainly do that contact at theculturalhall.com as we brought it back we were listening to crown um, by SoFi, the new band that is yet <laughs> oh to be announced. You know how many people are, <laughs> that's so funny, people are going to be like, so SoFi is the name of the band? Yeah. Disclaimer, not the name no, of the yeah. band. <laughs> to be clear, just a joke, but very, you know, a very effective and funny joke. Uh, Crown, tell one. me about that. What is... Uh, so the main <clears throat> the main lyric uh, right from the start of the song, I've got a crown, but it's not big enough. Um, that's all I'll say about that, because I know what I'm writing about with that song, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. but I want people to explore it. You know, the the theme that be, just behind the lyrics is that is there's so much out there. And is it a bad thing to want more or is mm -hmm. it a good thing? Is it, you know, is is having enough enough? Are we allowed to want more? How big do you think you really can be? You know, mm -hmm. how, how, how much can you dream? Is there a limit on your dreams type of that type of feeling? You know, what? I appreciate something that you just said um, where you're like, I don't want to tell people what it is. How often as a musician, I already know the answer to this, but I'm leading this into a greater <laughs> conversation. Do you get people who are like, oh man, the lyrics where you said this and clearly that's this. Yeah. Yeah. Changed my life. And you're like, 
that's about a girl that I hated. (laughs) Actually, I won't say which song this is, but there is a song that from the title and the mood, people are like, dude, this song helped me do this. And it's such like a great love story. And it's such a great, um, has helped me. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, dude, I wrote that about getting a divorce, about being brave enough to be like, I deserve more. And so does she. And we, we deserve, we deserve more. And so it was about going against what everybody was telling me, don't get a divorce. Don't, I mean, this was back in, you know, a while ago, but people, you know, it was kind of a, Oh no, you don't get a divorce. That's the worst sure. thing you could do for your soul. And, you know, I'm like, no, no, it's really not. The worst thing I could do is not love that. That could probably be the worst thing. Sure. Um, so anyway, yeah, I get that a lot. And then um, there's another song. There's a song that's hard to play. Um, that we don't play as much because, you know, a lot of people are just like, oh, it's an amp anthem, like pump up song. And I'm like, it was about the time, you know, I, I watched my mom take a bunch of pills and, Ooh. and almost died. So I was like, that's a hard song to sing. And that that's like kind of, um, I was watching a, an interview with Mike Shinoda from Lincoln Park, and he was talking about the hard songs for Chester to sing. And he was thinking it was, you know, songs like Faint or like the high screamy type of songs. And it was the emotional one, like Crawling. He said Crawling was one of the hardest songs. Um, and actually just two days ago in the studio uh, with our new producer, Randy Slaw, um, I had, Jesse and I wrote this song called Sharpshooter, which it's it was kind of like a funny fallout boy blink 182 you know the main chorus says i don't miss you anymore i'm a sharpshooter because you know sharpshooters don't miss so it's kind of a clever line like oh i don't miss you anymore but then we got to the producer and he flipped the emotion to a thousand percent and now the song has a way different meaning and i wrote the song like that's the crazy (laughs) part and so we're in the studio and like i had to take a break because of where he was pushing me to go vocally um and it was so crazy because he's like telling me about the lyrics and what they mean when I wrote the song. Dude. Like I was like in my head thinking, that's not what I meant by this lyric, but the way he interpreted it. And I was like, oh, my gosh, is that what I meant when I wrote this lyric? And so he just he pushed me to this place, man. And it was it was it was rough. And I just this song went from being the easiest song that we sing live to. Now I'm like thinking of, of crawling from Lincoln Park and thinking how hard this song is going to be to sing live. And you wouldn't tell because the 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 beat of the song is very upbeat and it's it's almost like chain smokers cold play meets Lincoln Park, like just kind of a weird, upbeat, fun. But I'm like, but the, the emotional content loaded in the lyrics and the the takes that we got, I was like, whoa, that's rough. So yes, I've had that. I've had that happen. And, and to me as an artist, that's the coolest experience when a producer can take what you wrote and what you built, give it back to you. And now it's a brand new song. Like that is the, the coolest, coolest thing ever. It's it's one of the things that I appreciate, you know, so much of of the culture within the church is around like performance, speaking around yeah. uh, music, you yeah. know, so so much of that. Maybe not as much as as some people would like, but you know, you always see during, especially during the sacrament time, where you see those people. Maybe you think in your mind they're a little pious that they're, you know, reading the lyrics from the hymnal. But it is an opportunity where, like no other way that music can touch the heart of a person can change, you know, the motivation can like nothing else. Like, like there is not a single thing like it. And I, I don't know that I'm describing it very well, but I can, I can, I could tell you the words from like my favorite hymn, the spirit of God. Right. And I'm like, it's Mm. like a fire is burning. The latter day glories begin, you know, but you're like, great, cool, great. (laughs) 
but in a way that I can only say, I know there is a God and he has a son, Jesus Christ. When I heard that song and was able to be a part of singing it in the Kirtland temple, I was like, that's it. It's over. And I can go there in a feeling in a moment that, you know, if I'm able to be reminded by reading that, or I hear someone else sing that, or we're able to sing that, that is a connective thing that I feel in a different way than I'm just like, and I read these words and then then it came, you know? Yeah. And you probably, I mean, I don't know if that was the first time you ever heard the song that it was that instant, but I've had times where I'll listen to a hymn and it's not until I'm in a certain place in my life that I'll hear it differently. Sure. And I'm like, wow, there is a God, you know? Um, And music, I'm so grateful that God, like we have such a cool God. I don't think we talk about that enough. Like heavenly father is such a rock star. He's such a cool dad. Like, and I'm not trying to be blasphemous at all, but I'm like, dude, he gave us like baby making, you know, like, dude, that's the coolest thing. Like his, his plan involves happiness and music and like ice cream and sushi and surfing <laughs> and mountains uh, for people that like mountains. Not me. I said yeah. that for people that like mountains. I, if I never saw these mountains again, I, I'm looking at them right now. I don't even know which mountain that is, but uh, yeah, I'm like the ocean. And I'm like, we have, I'm so grateful that we don't have a bland God that we just have the coolest. I I, I don't know how Like, I feel like God binge watches, like all of our lives are Netflix series and he binge watches all of them. And I don't know how he does that. I don't know how he's so invested in your life, Richie, Mm -hmm. and and at the same time invested in mine. Because in mine, I'm the main character. And yours, you're the main character. And he's just like there with popcorn, just rooting. And he just knows. I mean, I feel like, you know, when you watch a movie and you know, like, Okay, like Rocky, you know, I've, I watched the new Creed movies and it's like, you know who wins in the end, but it's like that struggle. You're like, oh, don't give up. Don't give up. Just keep pushing it. And I feel like that's how Heavenly Father is that he's like, all right, you lost this, this one match, but like, you're going to be a champion. So, so use this loss to build yourself. And I, I just think it's so cool that we worship such a cool God. I'm, I, I want to, when I, when I see him again, I'm just going to hug him and thank him for just being the coolest guy ever. There are three questions that we ask everyone who steps into the cultural hall. I'll ask those of you in just a second, but I've got one more question. Uh, the get back on the horse mentality, which you clearly uh, embody, right? Um, being married one time and deciding, oh, this is a good idea. I'll do this again uh, uh, is hard. I mean, I'm a, yeah. I'm a married a second time person as well. And it was very hard, right? A musician, uh, is the epitome of, hey, great song, not right now. Hey, (laughs) not a great song. Hey, you know, all of those like, yeah, this is, oh, no, this was, no, but this is the, uh, but not what I thought. Oh, but is there a mantra, a a thing that you recite in your head, uh, a way that you're able to just continue to persist, even though it maybe doesn't go the way that you think that it would? Yes, I have a few. So one of them that came to my head, um, it's greatness is not of me, but through me. When you, when I say that to myself all the time, um, because then again, the focus isn't on me, the focus Mm -hmm. isn't on, on my greatness. It's like, I know who my God is, which leads me to number two, uh, in Panama, there was this bus, um, and it it drive by, you know, where, where our house was. And I'd see it all the time. and, And there was a phrase and it says, don't tell God how great your problems are, tell your problems, how great your God is. Mm. And I saw that. And like, again, you see it every day, but then one day when I'm going through something, I see that. And I'm like, yeah, tell my, 
if my problems knew who's backing me right now, they would run. You know, I'm like, dude, I've got God. I've got the king of the universe backing me up, dude. So then it, the, the third thought that I have that, you know, the band, I say this all the time is why not us? Why not me? Why, why not present to me a case where it can't be me? I'm like, do we believe in a God who does some insane things? You know, a, a virgin giving birth to the son of, of, of man or giving birth to, 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 of Jesus Christ. Like that's insane. This, mm-hmm. this 14 year old girl or Abraham and his wife bearing a child in their later years. That's crazy. A 14 year old boy seeing God, the father and Jesus Christ. Like I think heavenly father shows us those things to be like, yeah, that might be crazy and wild for you guys. That's, that's easy peasy for me, man. I'm God. I could do anything. Yeah. So I have those thoughts all the time of, of why not me? Like who's putting limits on myself? 99% of the time it's ourselves. It's us. You know, I, I couldn't imagine Jesus Christ saying half the things that I used to say to myself, like, I'm no good. I'm not going to make it. I'm not this. Um, so yeah, getting back to back on the horse again, it's back to the seek Jesus Christ, study him, get to know. I mean, I had a cool thought the other day in the studio. I was like, how cool would it have been if somebody could have recorded Jesus Christ sermon on the Mount? And it was just a voice memo. And all, all we heard was his voice, even though it's in a different language, I would love to hear that to hear his cadence his timbre his voice was it kind of raspy was it you know a buttery beautiful voice like oh i just got so giddy like thinking if there was a recording of his voice talking and so i'm like well then get to know his voice get get to hear it in a different way um and then the choosing to stay part is is dude it's like everything it's deciding like you know um my personal belief is everybody will have storms you know Peter and, and, and the rest in the ship and, and Christ walking on water. I think in times of those storms, you can either worry or you can worship mm-hmm. and worrying. It's something to do, but it's not going to get you anywhere. But if you worship, if you, if you look at, be like Peter, get out of your ship of comfort and be like, yo, the safest place I could be right now is next to him on top of all these elements. And maybe Peter had all his life seen, seen the Sea of Galilee, but never once thought I'm gonna walk on this until he met Jesus Christ. And now all of a sudden he's having thoughts like, I'm gonna walk on this water. Why? Because I know Jesus, he can do it, he's doing it. You better believe if I was in that ship and I saw Peter do it, I'd be like, I got next, I, I wanna go next. Let me, let me try this. Um, and so again, like choose to stay with him because that's the safest place you could ever be in any storm, anything that you do. And, and you'll only get there if you know who he really is. So for me, I'm like, how could I lose? You know, let's say this offer just falls flat on its, on its butt. I'll get another one. I'll build another one. Uh, the band dies. We never get famous. I'll build another one because it brings me happiness and brings me joy. I'm living the commandments. I'm living the gospel. And I know Jesus Christ. What, what could be against me? Yeah. The next band will be called Bank of America and they'll be fronting. I'm just joking. Uh, I do have to ask you, what kind of bus has that phrase on the side of it? Was it for a, a company or, or? No. So in Panama, they have these things called Diablo Rojos, which are these graffitied buses that are just in, they're so wild. The best drivers in the world. Fast and Furious has nothing on these bus drivers. They will, their big old bus will be on a road that's like bikers struggle with. And they're taking these turns at 40, 50 and people are moving around, but yeah, they get these like school buses. They spray paint them and they do the graffiti art all over them. And each, each bus driver has their identity. Okay. And so on one of them at the back of the bus, it just says, you know, don't, don't tell your God how big your problems are or how great your problems are. Tell, tell your problems how great your God is. 
Mm. And so I was just like, oh, yeah. And it was at a time in the mission that I was just struggling where I was like, Heavenly Father, why aren't you helping me? I'm out here doing your work and you're not helping me at all. And then I see that and I was like, problems, you know who this guy is. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Three questions we ask everyone who steps in the cultural hall. First question is, is do you have a calling right now? And if so, what is it? Uh, I do not have a calling right now. If you could pick a calling for yourself, either one that exists or make one up, what would you pick? Oh, that's tough. Um, every, for the last 11 years, I've been the gospel doctrine teacher in like six or seven different wards. Um, and then towards one of my last wards, that was the gospel doctrine teacher, then moved to um, the missionary, the ward missionary leader. Um, and I'm just going to go for it. I'd want to be the prophet. Okay. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, no, no. Uh, that's way too much pressure. I, I don't have, you know, I'm excited to, like, I'm just one of those guys that I'm excited to do it just to be called. You know, whether it's, I mean, I, whatever, whatever it is, I I'm excited. I love teaching the gospel, but, um, I love watching people teach the gospel and learning from them. Um, I think young men would be really, really cool to have just a bunch of little brothers. I think, um, shoot primary would be awesome. Cause I'm, t- I'm calling it primary chorister, bringing the, <laughs> yeah, there we go. the whole thing, man. That would I be awesome. That. Actually. I would make be- it a little school of rock. Yeah. Get my Jack Black on. Uh, The final question we ask everyone, we ask you to interpret it however you may, but the question remains, what is your favorite part of your faith? So I have to um, say, I actually listened to your podcast with Thomas Wayment, I think is his name, who who did the new translation uh, or the New Testament translation for Latter-day Saints. Um, And I remember you asking these questions. So I kind of had, had a little time to think about it. Um, and I think my favorite part of the, of my testimony, I think about someday, um, you know, we're all going to die. And I think about, I think about death quite a bit, not in a morbid way, morbid way, uh, or, Mormon think, way. <laughs> or a Mormon way. Uh, I do think about it a lot. I think about, you know, what, 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 what am I leaving? You know, what, what, when, when we give our earthly Yelp review to God, you know, what's my Yelp review? What, what's it going to be? What, what am I, what am I saying? What am I doing? Like, I look back at my mission and I'm like, oh, I did that. I literally didn't waste one second on my mission. And so I think about that here. And I think my favorite part of my testimony has to be that I finally got to a place to understand my worth. And it was only because of Jesus Christ. I finally got to a place where I love myself. I see myself and I'm, I'm so, I'm proud of myself. Like I'm proud of, of the times that I've, I've fallen and got back up, you know? And so that's, that's my favorite part is understanding the atonement, repentance and understanding the potential that we all have to be so great. Well, Ophi, we call him Burke or also known as King Captain Muscles Hair Aquaman. It's been great having you here in the cultural hall. Excited for all the stuff that is coming up for you. Uh, we hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body, that if you're not healthy enough to listen this week, that you'll be healthy enough to listen next week, and that when the time comes, you will be able to travel home in safety. In the meantime, Chris at Alpine Lakes Travel, Rick McGee, Debbie Wanless, and Chocolate